0: Hey, this is Gregory Titus, and you're listening to the Master of One Podcast. You can find me at GregoryTitus.com.
1: Welcome to this sandbox episode of the Master of One Podcast, part two for this week. This week we continue our month of Ninja Turtles as we talk with cover artists for IDW's TMNT Amazing Adventures, Turtle Artist, John Samariva. I'm Andrew, your Master of Art and Design. I'm Patrick, your Master of Television and Film.
2: And I'm Luke, your Master of Toys and Games.
1: So suit up in your favorite colored bandanas, because it's time to jump into action. My favorite color is red. for this sandbox episode we continue our turtle month with a guy who knows a ton about the turtles in fact he is currently one of the artists illustrating the covers for the idw series for the ninja turtles the amazing adventures series specifically um guys he is a handsome ginger bearded gentleman from australia welcome red j john samariva
2: thank you yeah Oh, I got
1: that I'm, I'm I'm just excited that I made it through that. Honestly, it's <laughs> going to be smooth sailing after that. <laughs>
3: Good job. You got through the tongue twister.
1: Uh, I did. I, ma- I made it happen. All right. So, John, first of all, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, and uh, we're super glad that you're here. We love your work. And so we want to start you out the same way we start everybody out on the show, which is give us um, a Wikipedia page about yourself.
3: Cool. Cool. Okay. Well, first, let me say thank you very much for having me on the show. Yeah. Um, of course. I haven't done too many podcasts, so I'm very excited for you guys, being uh, one of the first to discover my talents out there uh, in the podcasting world. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll see how this goes. Um, <laughs> so far, um, so good. Let's see. So, uh, basically, I've been working comics since about 2002. That's when I broke in. Um, I've sort of been in and out since since then, working on games and uh, some animation, concept art design, that sort of stuff on the side. Um, So the first thing I worked on was actually uh, Jay Ferber. He's an an old friend now. He contacted me and asked me to do some work for him um, on his book Noble Causes. So that was published through Image Comics, Um, and that sort of led on to some work with Dark Horse, where I I worked on a series called Go Boy Seven and um, did some Star Wars tales for them. And that's pretty much uh, then. You know, from then I I moved on to uh, did another creator in project called Gemini, also with Jay. That was published through Image. And um, so on, so forth. You know, and I don't know if you want me to keep listing different uh, miserable projects that I've worked on during, <laughs> during my career.
1: <laughs> well, you can just tell us what got you up to where you are now. How about that? And you list whatever terrible project you want.
3: To- <laughs> <laughs> well, look, they, they've all been labors of love. I'll tell you that. So I really have enjoyed working on them. On them, and they've uh, helped make me the artist that I am today. I guess. But um, so basically someone from IDW contacted me, uh, I think it was in 2013, and they asked me to do some sketch covers, which were um, to be sold on their IDW limited website. Right. So it's kind of, you know, specialty products. So, um, you know, obviously these are one-off pieces of art that are very collectible, that sort of thing. So um, I I believe they put them up on, on the website once I did them. I think I did 15 covers or something like that and they sold very quickly within four minutes um they were all gone and they had to take all the advertising down and stuff because people were starting to complain thinking that they hadn't even been put up for sale yet that sort of thing so i was um you know that's my my little brag there you go you can you can have that one (laughs) (laughs) uh... (laughs) yeah so from there i i basically talked to the guys and i was like hey you know if you want me to do more stuff like this why don't you um let me work on some actual covers that way my name gets out there more and associated with you, the turtles a little more officially. And, um, you know, they thought that was a good idea. And I started doing sort of variant covers here and there with, with, um, with the actual, um, editor from, from the turtles comics. So that's Bobby Kerno. um, and, yeah, it just kept sort of rolling on from there. They, they Once they relaunched uh, the animated series as Amazing Adventures, they asked me if I wanted to be the regular cover artist, and I've done that now. So up to cover 14 now, I think, or 13 was the one that just got solicited. And uh I'm also doing some interiors, so we missed that on the intro, didn't we? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we
1: we'll just put it what? back in. It. Yeah. <laughs> if I was even close to saying your name right, then that's a win. That was a win.
3: No, you, you did well, don't <laughs> I'll just give you, a, give you a little hard time. Yeah, um, basically I've been doing some interiors lately, and uh, that's what I – plan to continue doing now that i've i've sort of stepped back a little bit from the the game stuff and and, um that sort of thing because i really want to focus a lot more on on the comics now like this is a it's something that i've always loved doing and it's something that i want to really grow into a lot further you know in my career so yeah absolutely that's the plan if you
0: you can excuse my ignorance for just a second when you say you've done some interiors you, you mean that you're actually doing like like strips or like multiple panels, like sequences of panels, correct?
3: Yeah, pages, like just not drawing comics, basically. So I did, um, I did eight pages in issue eight, and uh, we had a little story in there, which was basically Mikey uh, or Michelangelo and and Mondo Gecko. Um, they had a little skateboarding. Competition between them, and the whole uh, the whole story is basically two words: there's cowbunga and Buyakasha. <laughs> and um, so it, I, I kind of uh, related it a bit to that that good old GI Joe silent issue, which was um, it's very well known because um, that was one of the first comics where they just use no um, speech bubbles whatsoever. And the point of that is that you you know you have to be a very solid artist, uh, comic book artist or sequential storyteller to pull that off because. Um, There's no words helping you along at all. It's all visuals, you know, and so this was kind of, I guess, my version of that because there was no real dialogue or anything like that. So you had to be able to tell what was happening throughout that whole story just straight on the um, the, on the artwork and nothing else.
1: Well, and currently you have, sorry, Patrick, but you currently those pages, you have the original pages. Most of them are still available on your store. But, uh, uh, yes. So you can actually get the original artwork for those panels, and they are beautiful. I love it. Mondo Gecko is one of my favorite like sub characters, and oh, Mikey cool. is obviously one of my favorite turtles. But uh, right. they're they're awesome. Just watching them skateboard on the rooftops and do all their stuff—it's it's yeah. really fun.
3: So. well, I, I definitely had a lot of fun with it, and I thought it was really cool how in the animated TV show they actually used the original voice of Michelangelo to voice Mondo. So yeah, you know, you kind of had the two Mikeys going at it there. And it was pretty fun to watch. Absolutely.
0: So, when you're doing like uh, interior pages like that, um, how much of the story are you controlling, or or is it kind of already, you know, artboarded out for you, or I guess what's your involvement on the story side of it?
3: Uh, well, it's pretty much um, the the usual um, sort of method that that we would use is, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, so IDW will send me a script which has already been written. It's already been. Um, approved by Nickelodeon and anyone else that that it needs to go through, um, so they send me a final script and I just basically use that. So it's all it is is words on a page, and I have to translate that into actual drawings and sequential panels. You know, so uh, you end up with oh, wow. an actual comic book. Yeah, so it's um, visually there's nothing other than I guess on this the characters are designed. So you know I'm not coming up with my own brand new character called michelangelo and he's a ninja turtle right you know it's a it's a it's (laughs) basically something that exists and you just um other than that it's all straight from scratch you know that's that's our job like that's what we do as a comic book artist is turn those words and that sequence that's written down and the concept there into images and you know oftentimes uh like like the writers, in, in general, the writers are very good at um, understanding, obviously, how a comic book works and they they think in a visual sort of a way. But often there'll be one or two little moments, in, you know, in the script where um, you start to draw it out and you go, oh, that's not quite going to work exactly how it's written. And you have to, you know, expand upon it or, or um, you know, change things around a little bit. And that's part of the job as well. That's kind of expected of me as the artist to do that.
1: Yeah, so uh, let me ask you a question then, um, to give us a little bit of a backstory. We are in Turtle Month, like I like I told mm-hmm. you, and um, yeah, uh, it's a good month to be in. It's not a yeah, it's not a bad <laughs> month, um, especially for turtle fans. But the um, yes. you tell us about your history with the turtles, um, and and like when your love of them started, and and just like your your backstory with them.
3: Okay, um, well, basically, my introduction to them was the uh, 1980s cartoon show. So, um, you know, I would just come home after school. I, I just got back from uh, living overseas for a little while. I, I lived on a little tropical Island called Samoa with my family. I was about 12 years old. I came back to Australia and, um, this new TV show was out, which was the the Ninja Turtles. And, um, you know, I, I just fell in love with it. I, I was blown away. I loved the characters. I thought that was just, it was such a cool idea. I mean, You know, growing up in the 80s, you just grew up watching a lot of sort of kung fu movies and that kind of thing. So the concept of a ninja was just such a cool thing. And to see this as, uh, you know, mutant animals or turtles specifically, it was just really cool. Um, And so from there, you know, I just started drawing them a lot. I I would draw them at school all the time. And, you know, some of the kids sometimes would give me a hard time because I was really just into them so, so much, Um, which now I... I'm happy to stick my middle finger <laughs> up at them and say, "So I do this for a living. You garbage collectors. No, sorry sorry too many garbage collectors out there. That was
0: pretty awesome.
3: much it. So don't worry about that. So, have, sorry, I missed that.
1: I said garbage collectors in the States, that is a highly sought-after job, so you're not offending anybody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's good. Yeah, they can they can stick their finger up at me and say, you know, uh, we make more money than you, so... <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> so I'll cop okay. it on the chin.
1: <laughs> so, um, the turtles, uh, the turtles for you beca- became kind of your um, like your creative outlet when you were younger. Like you would draw. Yeah, definitely.
3: Say- so yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I literally used to draw my own comics even back then, you know, and and um, you know, seeing the the computer game as well in the arcades that really yeah. just sort of captured my imagination as well. You know, the, I just loved sitting there and watching other kids play and just, um, cause I, you know, just never really had the chance to play it that much. So I'd, I'd sort of watch these other guys playing it and getting really far into it and then go home and just draw, you know, adventures, come up with little stories and that sort of thing.
1: Wow. And so to go from that to doing your, um, like to doing this now professionally and working with them professionally, how has, what, what does that do to your, um, what does that do to your ten-year-old self? Like to look to look back on um, these things, this property that meant so much to you, and now you get to really—I mean, you get to bring this property now yeah. to another generation. Like, how, how do you how do you process that kind of that kind of thought?
3: <laughs> um, it's super exciting. I can tell you that. Like, um, especially when I think back to um, you know that kid that that was just loved doing this for fun. And and I'm still I'm still doing the exact same thing. I'm still that same same dude that's just drawing these characters that I really enjoy drawing. You know that I love. Um, I don't know, bringing to life on on paper. I guess you know. I, I just think they look so cool, and I'm. I, it's almost like every drawing I do. I finish it and I think back to then and I go, I wish I could show myself what what I was going to be able to do in the future, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And and how exciting that would have been. And and not only that, but just the kids that I used to draw with together as well, like friends of mine that um, you know, we we'd all sit there and draw in school or whatever and show each other our, our drawings. And what I'm doing now is basically living out that dream and that almost seemingly impossible goal that I would have had when I was when I was a kid growing up in school and stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, a uh, you know, I'm, um, I've, I've considered myself very lucky. Um, it's a real honor and a, and a, you know, pleasure to be able to do this job, I
2: guess. I bet. I mean, I can imagine it'd be amazing if you grew up loving something and now you actually get to do it. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. It's very cool. You yeah. know, and. You got that cliche out there, the you know if you if you love what you do, then you never work a day in your life or whatever it is. I'm sure I didn't get the words the way that Shakespeare would have written them, <laughs> that's, but that's um, pretty close. You know.
2: <laughs> um, so we had a um, couple months ago, we had Gregory Titus on the show. Oh and, no way! Yeah, okay. and he he kind of told us that he, um, you and uh, him and Scotty Young used to be uh, roommates in Chicago. Yeah. I think, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a question. You've been posting um, lately some stuff on your Instagram of like some uh, chibi style uh, mm-hmm. figures, yep. and it seems like you and Scotty kind of have a uh, a back and forth of that style. Um, is, there, <laughs> is there a competition there? Oh,
3: uh, I, I, well, if there was a competition, I'm I'm definitely losing that one. But <laughs> 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 um, no, it's not a. It's I I didn't see it like that. I I um. You know, we we all grew up, like myself, Scotty, Greg, there was actually a couple of other guys too. Mark Brooks was part of that mix as well. Cool. Um, although he didn't live with us, but we 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 had a, we had were all part of the same studio, you know, nice. um, when we were coming up in, in comics and all that kind of thing. Um, and a couple of other guys joined us later, Sean Cheeks Galloway, who you guys might yeah, yeah. be familiar with, yep, and Kyrie sure. Randolph was another, and Sean Murphy was with us for a little while. So, you know, it was... Uh, I mean, to think where all of those guys have ended up now... Um, sure. You know, it's pretty... pretty. We, we had a good thing going, I guess. You know, we there was definitely something... You guys were
2: the original bad boys.
3: Uh, <laughs> I like to think of us as the uh, young comic book Wu-Tang Clan or something. There you go. Then, huh? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you, know, you guys should uh, have shirts made for sure. Yes.
2: <laughs> Work on that logo. We'll set it right, up. right, right.
3: So, um, yeah, so basically, you know, I, I, I always was drawn to... Graffiti artwork and um, you know Disney stuff and and I, so I used to play a lot of Capcom games as well and of yeah. course they brought out like the um, the Pocket Fighter series so yeah you know we'd see like the little baby versions of Ryu and Ken and you know the Darkstalkers all that kind of stuff and so um, but I, I mean even even before that I, I kind of started drawing these like little mini versions of the characters yeah um, I think a, a good friend of mine he he found some. Um, like cards that, that would have, like, a real, you know, they called it super deformed or, or chibi. Like, this this is what it was back then, which is where I just got that name chibi from. Yeah. And, um, you know, he had these cards and they had all the Street Fighter characters on them and they were just the coolest, you know, little images that I'd seen. We were just so excited about it because we were like, ah. They look so cool. This is something that we could, um, you know, put up on walls if we were to go and ever actually try doing graffiti or something like that. Yeah. And um, that's kind of how I started drawing them, you know, even back then. And and I I do remember there was one time when I was in the studio with Scotty, and I think because we, you know, we we spent a lot of time together drawing, obviously in the same place, and. you know, we'd get to the point where every now and then you know, we're just just kidding each other around or joking around. You do like a cartoon of the other guy. Yeah. So, um, you know, I did did some weird cartoon version of him and showed him and we were just laughing about it. And then he got his revenge on me and he, he drew me like a cute little cabbage patch kid or something. <laughs> so that was kind of him, you know, paying me out and sort of going, oh, look, you, you love drawing these cute little versions of things and stuff. And um, I don't know. Just I guess fast forward two years later, I don't know. I don't know exactly how he started doing the the baby versions and that sort of thing. But um, you know, he's it's obviously taken off and and become such a huge thing. Like it's massively popular. People really sure. love that. So
2: yeah. Well, I mean, kind we, of cool. You guys, you two are the are the ones I see doing it the most, the best. I would say. And so I just wondered, knowing that you guys have a <laughs> history you. together, how that worked out and stuff like that. So yeah, it's cool.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's really cool like that. I mean, the usual comment that I get is not, um, you know, we know that you guys were in a studio together or anything like that. It's kind of like, oh, you draw these things kind of like Scotty does, and I, I kind of do this, yeah, yeah, they're, they're like Scotty. <laughs> or Scotty thing. draws like, them like I do, actually. Kind of, <laughs> <thanks>. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that either. You know, no, he's, sure. he's got his way, I've got my way, and we all coexist in the world happily. So. Oh, for sure. <laughs>
0: So I'm curious, um, and I don't know if this is kind of going along in the same vein of other people's influences. Mm-hmm. I know that – I imagine you have character models um, to some degree when you're when you're drawing, um, like, for instance, animating the, term, the turtles for IDW. But I'm curious if there are any ways that you're able to kind of, like, insert your own flair or if there is – or if you have this goal of, like, you know, to some degree, realizing the turtles the way you see them? I mean, is that mm-hmm. kind of a, a long-term goal?
3: Um, well, I've, I've always kind of struggled, to be honest, with um, keeping on model. You know, that's not something that I've enjoyed doing because I've always wanted to do my own version of things. You know, I always that, this, it's just like a creative energy that I have inside that just makes me go, I, th- I think I can do this better or I think I can do it in a way that will really appeal to me and maybe people that are into the same kind of artwork that I'm into. And, um, so, as I matured and realized sometimes you've gotta you know bend a little bit to 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 actually maintain this job and that sort of thing i right. um, I started to get better at that like it, it was something that I knew I had to work on and you know maybe put uh, a little bit of pride aside that sort of thing and um so what happened is with the turtle stuff they they it was actually very strict in the beginning like um you know I had to please the IDW people, I had to please the, the Nickelodeon people and they were very precious about this property. They wanted to make sure that, um, you know, it looked on model. It looked like how, you know, kids are expecting to, to the turtles to look now. And um, so, you know, at first I, I just did my own thing and I was like, yeah, I hope for the best. And then, of course, I had a bunch of changes like, you know, the faces don't look right. This doesn't look right, you know. And, uh, and I, I noticed when I was looking at the uh, model sheets that they sent, I was like, I'm really close. I think if I just um, maybe just reference the faces a bit more and sort of try and get closer to, to the TV show stuff, then it should go through. And so I just did that. And surely, sure enough, you know, they they really liked it. It, went, it got passed and I felt like I'd injected enough of my own art into it or my own style that I was not going to um, have a bad time drawing them. You know, I was going to enjoy... Uh, working on them even though I had to kind of bend to that that sort of way and it was just a matter of retraining my brain basically to see them you know slightly differently and and like since that time since I kind of I guess passed the the initial trial phase um, now they're they seem to be pretty liberal overall with it like I I feel like I, I push the boundaries here and there and kind of get away with it so it um you know encourages me to do that a little bit more and 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 i think i'm still keeping true enough to the tv show style that you know they're not minding too much i think
1: i think that's important i mean so my guess would be and you can correct me if i'm wrong but left to your own device um you your character your your versions of the turtles are a little bit grittier they're a lot more angular Mm -hmm. Um, they've got a lot more straight lines to them um, then the, then the Nick turtles, but, um, I think there's something really key to, to focus on in, in what you just said, you, you, you sacrificed a little bit, um, of your own personal style, but didn't sacrifice entirely your, like putting you into these illustrations yeah, yeah, so definitely. that you could do the thing that you love to do. Mm-hmm. Um yep.
3: No, that's exactly right. Yeah. I think
1: that's really important to know because there's going to be artists listening, um, and I I've met people
3: mm-hmm. who
1: are like, no, if pe- people don't like my art for the way that it is, then they can just screw themselves. You know what I mean? Like that kind of <laughs> that kind of mindset. And the reality is, if you want to work on something that is so iconic and so popular that it was, you know, iconic and popular enough to influence you as a child, and now you get to mm-hmm. do it as an adult, there's going to be give and take. It's still a it's yeah. still a client. Um, relationship where you have to please the client, and uh, I yeah. think that's I think that's really commendable to be able to say, yeah, I have a vision for the turtles, but so do the creators of the turtles. So mm-hmm. we need to meet somewhere, and, in
3: the and, and not only the creators but the owners. You know, like this. Right. You know, we we, we like to we're, we're all basically kids that you know we just love sitting there and drawing all day and having fun with it and that sort of thing. And um, you know, you might you might think, oh yes, this is a great job. I love doing this. But the reality is that this is a multi-million dollar property that um, is owned by a, a huge company, and they have to protect their property. You know, they right. have to make sure that their brand looks the way that they want it to look at the end of the day. And hopefully, you know, you fit with somewhere within those guidelines. And a little tweak here, a little tweak there, whatever it is, uh, and they're going to be happy with it. You know, and and that's how um, you know, uh, you, you, like, like you were saying, you know, basically you're finding your way of doing it that fits within their parameters. And then, um, you can do something that is, you know, satisfying. And hopefully when, when you're doing something that's satisfying and you can put, um, some joy and, you know, some love into it, I guess, Yeah. <laughs> then, then it, that's going to show, you know, people, I think, react to that. Well, yeah. At, at least that's the, Weird dream land that I live in. I <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so let me ask this then. Um, coming down off of the clouds a little bit, as mm-hmm. a as a transition um, out of that, you know, that sentiment. Have there been any disillusioning moments um, while you've been working on this, knowing that this is this was such a large piece of your childhood and it and mm-hmm. it incorporated so much in your childhood? Has there been any moments during this process where you're like, oh, that was a little. That was a little less than magical.
3: <laughs> Look, the, as far as working with um, the companies go and all that side of things, I, I have no complaints whatsoever. Like I get along really well with my editor. Um, they have given me a lot of freedom with this. I, I have a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, All that side of it is actually really fun and good to work on. Um, probably the, the only thing I would actually say is a little disappointing is actually the just how much this particular comic book that I'm working on um, sells because it's actually a really great book for younger kids. It's, it's made for that reason. It's made for kids that watch this TV show. Yeah. And it just seems that I don't know where the block is, but the adults are not getting that book into the hands of the kids. Yeah. Cause I know in my experience, when I'm sitting there behind a the table at a convention, I've got a stack of Ninja Turtle comics there or whatever it might be like, you know, prints or anything that has the turtles on it that, um, you know, I've drawn the, 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 Parents will come past and they'll see it. They remember the turtles from when they were a kid, and the kid is into it. And they're actually bonding over it. And they just straight away they're like, "Can you buy me this?" You know, and and the, the, this is something that's going to encourage kids to read books, to read comics, to get into it. You know, it's a uh, it's something that they recognise. So, as far as I can tell, um, you know, the quality of the book the, uh, and all that kind of stuff. It's it's all good it's all great comics that kind of thing you know you're not buying a piece of garbage or anything people are actually putting effort into this thing and um somewhere somewhere there it just seems like like it's not getting into the the right people's hands I think Mm. because you know every month I I, well not every month I'm not checking it out that much but uh, the few times that I've had a look at you know how much books the the, how many books this um title is selling and I kind of go oh man that really sucks you know it'd be good if it was selling a little better you know so more kids were checking it out I guess so anyway that if 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 there was anything that I was uh you know gonna bring out that was on the negative side that's probably all I could really say
1: Is is it do you think some of that comes from the idea that you if you were a kid right now and you were watching the turtles as they were right now you would be snatching this book up or hoping that your parents would snatch this book up for you
3: and I, you're I, definitely, not, I mean, I know, I know I would. And the kids that I've seen, like, I, I've given it to, um, you know, kids that were um, like f- family friends. Um, they might have some yeah. younger kids, you know, around the age of five to seven, whatever, like younger boys or whatever. And, Um, they, like, they really, they really do love it. It actually, I can see that little spark in there as they're like, Oh, Ninja Turtles, this is really cool. And it actually makes them want to flip through the pages and look, look at it, you know? And, uh, and it's not just happened with people that I know. It's also, like I said, when I'm sitting at a convention, just total strangers will come up and the kids are right there grabbing it. Like, like the turtle stuff. Um, I I had a bunch of trades that, that, um, they sent me and those things just went straight away, like instantaneously. Yeah. Well, yeah, i
1: I so. think that uh, I think that just from my perspective, I mean, my son has all of these. He loves them. He has the oh, post. Cool. Awesome. You know, there's like the little mini. Um, IDW put out the four little mini stories, like the yeah, four the, mini the comics, the
3: micro fun packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: and each of them came with a different poster, and one of the posters was yours, and so that's up in yeah. his room. <laughs> um, I mean, the, that stuff. Uh, it it is translating, but we just need to we need to increase the translation. Yeah.
3: It's always good when it gets out there. And incidentally, that that poster is the so that was the first like official cover that I did for for the um, IDW series. And um, you know I've I've kind of felt like I set the bar really high on, on that particular drawing, and I've never been able to capture that same I don't know whatever it is about that drawing. Like that's that's the one that I'm striving to to beat. You know, so I don't know. I'm not a great judge of that sort of stuff, but <laughs> that's what I'm thinking in my mind. <laughs>
0: Well, but I mean, so I, I'm just I'm going through your stuff as you're talking. So I I am probably the least, um, just honestly, the least familiar with your work than the other two. I know Andrew and Luke have followed you for years, and I'm kind of the guy like that's it. playing catch up because I'm like brand new to,
1: to reading. He he doesn't know how to read, so that's the oh, really the <laughs> biggest hurdle. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's <laughs> yeah. So th- thankfully, you're a very visual guy, so it helps out. Um <laughs> yeah. so, I. I came across t- and, and so I was going through your feed, and I came across not one, but I came across two instances where you posted where someone got your uh, your artwork tattooed on them.
3: All oh, right, what yeah.
0: is that like? Like to know <laughs> that someone did that to their body?
3: Um, well, I, I mean, it's it's a very very huge compliment, very flattering. You know, um, that somebody wants to do that. I, I've had I've had mixed emotions about it. Like the first couple of times that I saw it um you know obviously I'm going oh wow somebody got a tattoo of my art that's pretty crazy but then um it's also I mean it's it, it must be such a difficult task for a tattoo artist to take another artist's work and try and and translate that onto skin if you know what I mean like I mean it's already hard enough to to try and ape another artist style as it is let alone then doing it with a tattoo gun, you know, which is probably like drawing with a big fat blunt pencil or something, I don't know. And um, I don't know, so so the result, I, uh, a lot of the tattoos that I saw, I wasn't really happy with the way that they actually looked. But on the other hand, I was like, that's so cool that somebody is getting my drawing tattooed on them. And since then, I've actually seen some very good tattoo artists um, tackle my work and, and put it on skin, like some of the examples that I posted up and um, I think they look really cool, you know, it's, it's great. It's amazing.
0: If you would just learn how to tattoo,
1: then you could just yeah.
3: translate your work.
1: <laughs> yeah, just bypass the middleman.
0: That's, yeah. that's
3: a
1: whole new revenue stream, my friend.
3: Yeah, I know. I just all, all I need to do is clone myself, and then we can make that happen. Yeah, Why not?
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, in the states, anything is possible. I don't know what happens over in Australia, but Sweet. In the yeah, well,
3: I'm I'm here at the moment, so I know. G- g- give me the secret, and I'll I'll get onto that straight
1: You're way. in Kansas. I, I'm sure there's a cloning station right down the street. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's probably at a barbecue place or something. (laughs) Speaking of which, I did have some today, which um, they're they're keeping me very well fed here.
1: Kansas Barbecue.
3: (laughs) And you're there for a con, right? Uh, Well, I can give you a little bit of this because you you guys might find it interesting. But I've actually come over and I'm staying with um, a good artist, a buddy of mine who also draws Ninja Turtles. Um, so you guys are probably heard of him. His name's Freddie Williams, yeah, and um, no. he's working on on Batman and the Ninja Turtles, which has been just a, a massive successful comic book series. And um, we 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 met like a few years back, and you know I'm lucky enough to be able to come over here and hang out and with him and his wife, and and we just um, you know sit here and draw all day basically. So That's... we got we got kind of like a studio little little studio setup type thing going on here, and um, it's just been so much fun and and so I, I came over and the idea was to do uh three shows this time on this trip so i'm here for six weeks man my wife gave me the the um the okay to stay away for this long although we're getting to the ends of that and and you know i'm gonna start getting in trouble soon i think for being away <laughs> for <this long>. but <laughs> um yeah. You're yeah, making yeah. the
1: most of your time though. So it's you
3: it'll definitely, be, be alright.
1: So yeah. we're going to transition into our final questions because we want to okay. be aware of your time and make sure that this stays bite-sized for everybody. So oh, um Luke, why don't you go ahead and uh
2: take us into our final questions? Sure. So I guess my final question would be um so your work you've you've been doing work for um properties that you grew up on and that you love. Are there any other properties that you haven't got to work on that you're like dying to or that are on your list of like, I need to draw for this at some point?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely have one in my sights, in my target that I want to work on one day, and um, that would be Spider-Man. I'm putting nice. the word out there. Yeah, You can let everyone know. Hey, uh, yeah, we'll, the spider- we'll go the ahead spider- and make that happen yeah, for, you, for you, man. Yeah, feel, spider- feel free to Twitter. In spider- fact, um, <laughs> why don't we go back and redo the intro right. of future Spider-Man <laughs> <laughs> artist. Future Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my 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 goal is to um, beat McFarlane's classic run. That's all. Nothing too big. No, no, no that's, know, just, that's easy. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, no problem. That's yeah, that's no setting problem. Your bar low enough that you can
3: that all. No problem. You got to dream big, guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's right. what it's all about. You got it.
2: If Ramos could <laughs> yeah, do it, just you like, like it. you
3: guys, I'm sure you're aiming for uh, beating Howard Stern. You know,
2: right? Massive, right. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: uh, so was I, that
3: was that the only? Yeah, funny man, question? that's
2: that's all I have. Can no, that that's that's
0: his. Yeah, okay. I'm taking mine now. By the way, super cool Revel Tech figures. Uh Andrew has a oh. set of those. They're they're awesome. They're so
2: cool. Yeah.
0: Um but I so I am uh what we like to do because we have a lot of people from a bunch of different mediums listen. I mean, we have uh kind of you know toy customizers and um mm-hmm. you know graffiti artists and we have some like, you know, developers and it's just kind of all over. So I, I wanna cool. give some kind of abstract um well, I should say some higher level advice that is kind of applicable across like disciplines. And I'm curious if you've ever run up um, against a task that either A, you just realized you weren't, um, that maybe you weren't skilled enough to finish or you realized that you couldn't do it justice. How do you you handle that? Like, let's say there's something you love and you want to be a part of and you realize you're just not there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that something you're willing to like, you know, sit aside and come back to you, or do you feel like you just have to keep hammering it out and pushing through? Or kind of mm. how do you approach that type of situation? Well, uh, for
3: for me personally, honestly, I I um my my whole thing would just be to grind it out, man. Just keep going until you get it. Like, um, I first of all, I I can't imagine. I wouldn't say yes to a job that I know I couldn't complete. Like, if someone came up to me and goes, "Hey, we want you to direct the next Star Wars movie." I'd have absolutely no clue what to do. So it's not something that <laughs> sure. I would ever say yes to, you know. Um, now, um, obviously, uh, that's not exactly what you you were pointing at or anything like that. But, I mean, just within within my particular sphere or my world, um, there's, like, I'm, I'm confident enough now in my skill, I guess, that I feel like I could pretty much do anything in, in comics. And I would love the challenge, you know. Like, the the more you do it, the better you get. it. it it's basically how it works. So I think the only advice I could give is, you know, be, be very careful about what you say yes to. Um, be realistic about your deadlines. Make sure that you're getting paid what you should be getting paid. Um, you know, don't I – mean, if, there's, if there's something that's way beyond your reach, like, you know, just um, either make sure that, that you're willing to put in the effort to try and make sure you get a good result. Or, you know, maybe you should pass that on or, you know, maybe sure. maybe pass on that job. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky thing because I, I, I honestly haven't been in that situation. I, <clears throat> you know, wish I could be more helpful with that, but it's not it's just not not something that's happened to me, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, 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 sorry, you go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say, I think that's a I think that's a good place to be, because I think, you um, Listening to your story, going all the way back to the very to your very opener when you were telling your story a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I made a note about how important making the ask is. So you got asked by IDW to do some sketch covers because they had noticed some of the work that you had done, mm-hmm. just as a fan and just as you know fan art stuff, and then it could have stopped there. And there's probably a lot of people where that does stop. Someone mm-hmm. notices you and they ask you to do one thing based on the one thing that they saw. But you didn't stop there. You said, hey, why don't you let me do more of this, and why don't you let me do it on a broader level so that so that it can benefit both of us? And that's a pretty big ask, and it's yeah. bold, and I, I think to to marry that with what you just said, you wouldn't have asked that if you weren't confident that you would be able to – to do justice to the property um and i think that's really important so what what is you know your kind of personal mantra or if someone's listening who's um on the fence about taking a project or on the fence about reaching out to somebody what is your 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 personal mantra about making the ask
3: Mm, well okay so so i'm I'm definitely someone that spent many 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 years thinking that I wasn't good enough to show my work, you know, um, like, uh, like when I was first wanting to break in, I always had in the back of my mind, yeah, one day I'm going to send some samples to Marvel comics or DC comics or whatever it might be, you know, and I'll show, I'll, I'll show my work when I'm ready. And the truth is that they never came. It probably still barely has even come now, you know, like I've, there's only been a handful of times that I've really talked to anyone at those bigger companies and, and sent them my work. Um, so something that I even I'm learning now to this day is is basically the squeaky wheel gets the oil, you know. So you gotta you can't be shy about this thing like like there are a lot of people out there that are really talented, you know, they and they might be really nice, friendly people, you know, or they might be really good at doing their job, like you they might have all of those attributes that you need to be successful. But if you're super shy and you never put your work out there, you're not willing to get out on social media and show your work out um no one's going to know that you exist you know there's so yeah. many other people doing that that you have to do it and, and and that goes you know times 10 for someone who's on the opposite side of the world you know trying to um make it you know in an industry that that's on a completely different continent basically <laughs> yeah you know so um that's that's the reason why i you know get my ginger butt over here
1: <laughs> and, uh, and,
3: and talk to, you know, like, uh, talk to like, you know, other artists and meet editors and meet people in my industry, you know, because, um, you've got to be in it to win it basically, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you, by the way, you're besides a, a fantastic creator of images, you're also a great author of word pictures because now all I can think about is your ginger
3: butt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all
1: right. So, um,
3: a lovely so, image yeah. <laughs> so sorry tell, for the nightmares yeah, no, no, no.
1: tell everybody um tell everybody how they can support you and where they can find you and how they can buy things from
3: you and, and give you money okay well look um i've just released a brand new art book um this is one thing that i'd love your listeners to to check out if they get a chance it's yeah um, I'm very proud of my art books. I put a lot of work into them. I make them extra thick and juicy. You know, they're
1: nice.
3: um, 88 page books full of art, sketches, all sorts of things. Um, the latest one, I did a weird self-portrait of myself on the cover, but yeah, I, I assure you that's how I feel when I'm drawing. I'm just so angry at life, going getting it all out and, you know, <laughs> it feels quite fun. Um, it's a angry enjoyment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, the book's called Osmosis Chills For Um, you can just get it from my Big Cartel store, which is, um, www.johnsomariva.bigcartel.com. So just my name and then Big Cartel and, um, pick it up there. People that buy it within the next two weeks, I think I'm still going with this, um, kind of doing like a pre-order phase right now. So once I get back to Australia, I'm going to be producing a bunch of extra little stickers, chibi stickers and things like that. And I'll be including those for free with with everyone's packages. So um, yeah, that's something that's uh, worth jumping on right now. Do it, Absolutely.
1: Do it. it's, very, <laughs> it's very very cool yeah you got to check it out and we'll, we'll post a link to it on our show notes awesome um, okay with, with all sorts of other stuff so um well john um that concludes our interview portion but would you stick around and draw some tokens for us
3: definitely i'd be happy to
1: perfect all right so up next we're gonna draw some tokens Every week we draw tokens to figure out exactly what it is we're going to be talking about the next week. And so since John is here, he is going to um, pick these four. So I'm going to shuffle them up. I know you can't see them, but I'm going to shuffle them. Hopefully you can hear them. You hear that? That's real <laughs> yeah, life shuffling. Sounds like um, shuffling. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Patrick and Luke both know, they can tell you, I'm not good at impressions. So that's real shuffling. Um, <sighs> I'm going to need you to pick a number between one and three, and you'll be picking for Patrick.
3: Okay, between one and three, we're going to give Patrick the number two, the number one in the middle.
1: <laughs> I love giving Patrick
3: the number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs>
1: Patrick, you've got art and design. I'm holding it up at the screen, but it doesn't Dang matter because you Thank can't you. see. Dang it.
3: Thank you. Is that the worst topic for Patrick?
0: He just doesn't. He has. It's just ongoing. We're just like six weeks in a row, so it's okay. fine. All right. it's, okay. it's okay. I feel like you it's guys can do maybe some just switch push-ups. if you <laughs> wanted
1: to. You couldn't have known, so it's okay, okay, uh, it's all, I didn't it's actually all good, um i now I have one and two left, so you're gonna be picking for Luke, just pick one or two, one and three, you mean uh, well, sure, yeah, pick one and three,
3: <laughs> okay, we'll give uh Luke, you can have number one all number right. one
1: Patrick. Patrick Luke gets toys and games. So um, he gets his own category, which means I get TV and film. We did it, guys. We we all got what we needed. <laughs> and then Patrick was also here. Um I hope John, so. Wow. seriously, so much thanks from us to you. I mean, you you are a rad guy. You're fun. And uh thanks for for giving us uh one of the very few exclusive interviews for podcasts. We'll, we'll see if we awesome. can maybe make this happen again in the in the near future. Yeah, but go out. Go out and pick up his book. It's on his website um, and uh and pick it up now because he said he has some fun stuff coming along the way. You can find us on m of one where you can find show notes and links to all the stuff we just talked about in this episode and go right to his uh, website from ours as well. Um then you can go to iTunes and Stitcher and subscribe to the podcast. That way you hear us every single week, twice a week. Um, it's really simple that way. And then you can do what, Patrick? You can sign up for our our Slack channel. Join yep. us
0: on there. You
1: can. You can that's also. That's not what you meant.
0: That's not, but you can also <laughs> rate and review on iTunes. I just trying to remember that's- what is the thing that I normally talk about? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, you can you can rate and review, that helps us a ton. But you can also do what Patrick said and join us on our Slack channel. Just go to M of One Podcast.com slash Slack and join the conversation there. We have a quite a community of artists there now, um, ranging from Disney animators all the way through to um, just regular old Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a fantastic time, so join the conversation there. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, LO, and Facebook. Just search M of One Podcast. Guys, this is this has been a fantastic episode, but for now, we're going to say our social media because that's what we do every episode. <laughs> Luke, what's
2: yours? Mine is Luke Gall on Instagram and Twitter.
1: <laughs> Patrick, you have one too. The Great Pats be with two A's. That's on Instagram. And John, where, where can people find
3: you on social media? Uh, so i Summeriva on Instagram, so it's just my last name. Uh, should I spell that? S-O-M-M-A-R-I-V-A. There we go. That's and uh, on Twitter, John Somariva. And Facebook, I'm uh, Red J Art. There we Red go. Nice.
2: And
1: I'm at Andrew Sale with threes instead of Es on all the different platforms. All right, this time we're really out of here. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick.
2: I'm Luke. And I'm John.
1: Peace out. Bye.
2: Hold on to your butts. <laughs> Ginger butts. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Whatever a spider can Spins a web of any size Catches thieves just like flies Look out Here comes the Spider-Man
1: oh. Ginger-bearded gentleman
3: Yes All right It yeah, rolls off the tongue It does <laughs>
1: Not, not, genial, no, no,
3: crap. This is, wow. it. This, this is gonna go uh, horrible. This is isn't gonna, it? <laughs>
2: yep. Oh, well, Have you ever heard an we'll audio the train wreck, John? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, looking forward to it.
3: Welcome to it. The streak of life, he
2: arrives just in time. Spider Man, Spider Man, friendly neighborhood, Spider Man. Well, then fame he's ignored, action is his reward. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man.